shall hear until the sun of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to So this is our first podcast for Redeemer Worship, and we just thought it would be great to start the day with a song that we're going to be singing many times over the Advent season. And this whole podcast came to be because Allison and I sit around sometimes talking about what we're going to be doing in the next few weeks of worship and end up having some incredible conversations about what it means to enter into worship and to experience God in, in new and fresh ways, and we just thought it would be awesome to be able to have this conversation together and to share it with others. Yeah, we, we thought y'all were just dying to know what we were thinking. Stream of conscious, right? <laughs> just so that you know what's in our heads in case anybody was dying to know, correct? Correct. It's rare that I have a thought that I don't share, but I figured why not? Um, why not share it on a larger platform? But seriously, these conversations about what it means to be worshipers and, and what does that look like, not just in the context of our church here at Redeemer, but just in the world. And if we're worshipers on Sunday, then what does it look like to be worshipers all the time? And, um, and I don't know, I guess we felt like Christmas was... Advent, a great time was to the start. right time to start. Right. The right time and place. And I, I think one of the things we talk about a lot, too, is this idea of sacred space. Uh, I think that's a, a phrase maybe others use in worship, too. But for me, that's a very geographical understanding, something that's real and has depth and breadth and um, height to it if we talk about sacred space. And my heart for others, because I think it's been a part of my own journey, is to really 
take time to create sacred space in my life. I am really good at just going, 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 and looking back over the course of three or four weeks and realizing there has been no sacred space for me. Even on a Sunday, running around doing the job of ministry and not allowing sacred space. So to be intentional about that um, beyond Sunday morning just seems really important and something that can get lost easily. Well, time, I don't know, my husband and I were talking about this the other day, that time isn't like money. You know, like if you want to save your money, you put it in the bank or, I mean, in theory. And, and it's not going to spend itself. But time, time goes away. You can't save time like you can save your money. And so if you're not intentional about organizing and orchestrating your time, it will just fill itself. Um, and I think that's part of the heart behind the kind of the theme or the main reflection of this Advent season of presence, just that God's presence is is here. It didn't just show up starting on his birthday. Like, God's presence in the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit has always been, and God has always been the boss of time and the boss of entering time with his presence. Um, but obviously, Christmas and Jesus birth in the form of a child, in the form of a human, um, is a really unique and powerful um, form of his presence, and it is a really powerful entrance into time. Um, And don't you think, though, that the presence of God actually, if you look at it another way, just has the potential to, time kind of stops. I know uh, we had the, the evening worship gathering a few weeks ago where we focused on wonder, and I just remember um, a few moments where, I don't know, it just feels like God, because God is timeless, that when we enter into his presence, you know, everything that's moving and um, crazy around us goes into slow motion and, and can just be still for a few moments where we experience him and and nothing around is taking from that or distracting from that kind of interacting with him on his timeline instead of our timeline yeah yeah um and i don't know i think christmas is one of my favorite holidays for a variety of reasons um but it gets a lot of i mean it's just everyone everyone quote unquote everyone celebrates christmas but um, I don't know. I think my hope was that we would sort of feel and experience the wonder and the power of Christmas um, like we do Easter. Like, the church loves to make a really big deal about Easter. And don't get me wrong, it is such a big deal. <laughs> but you don't get Easter without Christmas. That's right. And so um, what does it look like for us to make as big of a deal Instead of it being this, like, oh, babies are cute, and I love presents. Then, like, having it be this, like, no, 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 like, what happened here. Like, really stop and think about what really happened here. Um, it shifted everything for everyone forever. Well, and I think that it goes back to the wonder. It's easy to use that word, but then to think about, wait, when I really... 
I really focus and recognize that, that God came and he came as a baby and it, it wasn't just a cute little, oh, it's such a sweet little baby, but mm. God showed up in a way that would completely change the world and that would change history and, and to just stop for a few seconds and contemplate that and really understand that in my own heart is where I realize, wait, that's, that is so much bigger than I give it credit for in my mm. daily life. It's sure. so much more than I tap into uh, when I'm, you know, busy and overwhelmed. Yeah. Yet the wonder of it and, and recognizing that he, when he comes, he comes with power and presence, this idea of he's really here. And I think if there's one thing I want people to leave an Advent season experiencing when they get to Christmas is that, oh my gosh, he is really here in my life, walking this journey with me, taking next steps with me, where I am, where I'm struggling, where I'm hurting, where I have needs, where I need to learn, like every single nook and cranny of our lives, he's here. And I think we just so easily forget that. Yeah, well, and just the, all the different things that his presence always has been and continues to be, that it was, it was this thing that was promised, that God has promised the his people forever, that he would always be with them, and the way that he was with them, and is with them, and is with us, and and will be with us, takes on different forms at different times, but his presence has never not been, Um, and his presence is restorative, and it's healing, and it's um, forever, and it's for everyone, and it's it's just all these different things that I I know we only have, you know, four weeks or whatever to kind of hit on that, but I think we're going to hopefully make some other things available, um, an Advent devotional, and just some things to invite people into God's presence um, at different times, um, not just in a corporate setting on Sunday morning. But um, it's so easy for all of us to feel the wonder of Christmas with the lights and the music and the fireplace, and and we make these, like, kind of Norman Rockwell scenes. Um, but man, to, have, to apply that same amount of wonder, that kind of childlike awe to the, to the person of Jesus, mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think if we can ask for that and, and, and really pursue that, I think we will experience his presence in a different way than we have maybe ever or in a long time, or, or at least that's my hope. Um, you know, it may, just made me think of uh, when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, uh, that was the time in my life when my parents were fostering kids, and we had, there were seven or eight, maybe even nine kids in the house with my siblings and the foster children. And I remember the first Christmas that there were that many people in the house coming out on Christmas morning. And if you just think about parents whose, some of their love language is gift giving, and then all these people, and I remember walking out, and you almost couldn't see the tree because there were 
so many presents piled up around that tree. And it, the room was just cluttered with paper and ribbons, and I'm sure we lost gifts in all of that just because it was chaos when we all opened gifts. But that is a beautiful picture to me of more than you could ever imagine, more than you could hope for, more than, more than we ever expected. And I think kind of goes back to what we were talking about. If, if you're going to do anything this Christmas season, if I'm going to experience anything, I want to realize that I have encountered God in such a way that once again, it's just, he's just more than I ever imagined he could be in my life. And what he pours into us and what he gives us is so much bigger than we thought it could be. Well, and I feel like I can have some pretty pointed times in my life too, where that wasn't my feeling but I wanted it to be my feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah. think that, I think that's the other offer of his presence is it's a safe space to just be honest. And sometimes what is honest is, man, Jesus, you are more than I ever thought I could ever experience. And for some people it's like, yeah, I don't feel that, but man, I want to. I want to want to know you like that. Uh, I want to know you like that. Sometimes it's I want to want to know you like that. Sure. It's a few um, steps away. And that, that there's room in his presence for every, every part of that spectrum. Um, and I'm, I love that. Um, well, that's what the carol we just sang is about. That, that's a carol of a people who are longing. Like, they actually need to experience it. I think, like, to what you said, they want to want. We, we, we need... Emmanuel to come. There is such a great need. You know, maybe even the question, where is he? Um, please come, Emmanuel. And I think the beauty of that song is the invitation inherent in that is the lyrics say, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. But I think God would say to us, come. Like, come and, and let me be there for you and what you need and where you're going and what your questions and doubts and wrestlings are. It's, I think it's kind of a funny, I, I pray this a lot in my personal life and, you know, corporately at church, like, we invite you here, God, like he, like, needs our <laughs> invitation, you know, like, oh, come, Emmanuel, come on, we'll let you, we'll let you in. <laughs> but um, he's God, and if he wants to bust in the room and be there, he will, and but I do think that there is something powerful about the invitation. I think God is enough of a gentleman that he doesn't force himself into anyone's heart. Um, and that when we give permission, not because God needs it, um, there is a shift in us. There's a yielding in us that we recognize like, oh, wait, we're not the boss here. Like, we're not in charge here. Um, and so we invite you in to let you do what it is your presence does. And we don't get to decide sometimes what that moment looks like, but um, we're open and we're ready and we're excited and our eyes are filled with wonder and expectation and um, hope. And, that, and that's what our hope is through this podcast, is to invite, invite our friends at Redeemer and friends of friends 
to enter in wherever you are. Um, the invitation is to come. And so think about what that means. Uh, I know I will be thinking about for me. What does that mean to come, to enter in, to accept the invitation to know God and to experience his presence this season? And, and hopefully, as many of you who know us know, Alice and I could probably go on for uh, hours, so long, so many days. So, you know, all good things, good conversations have to have a pause at least. But we, uh, we really wanted to just frame where we're headed in worship this month, hoping that it invites, invites people to think a little more intentionally about what God's presence looks like in your own life. And uh, I want to thank Dave Green for sitting in and singing and playing with us on the song. And uh, Say hi, Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Dave's been here all along. Just want you to know. Dave so. is the silent, uh, the silent party. But you, but you did hear his harmonies, and, and he, he was strumming the guitar. So that was a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll get to do more of this in the future. Dave also plays the tuba. We were going to do a right tuba version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, but it, he couldn't sing and play at the same time, so we made him do The world is not ready for that. The world is not ready we, for We're that. actually trying to get him to march through the lobby on Sunday mornings and play the tuba. So if the you like that idea, feel free to email us and cast your vote, and we will let him know that he has been cast voted in. Cast your vote. I vote. I vote yes. Well, this has been fun, and we're going to talk a little bit with Rick Fraley about the concert he has coming up, and we hope that as you, as you think about the season of Advent and, and Christmas in the next four or five weeks, that you would allow God's presence to, to enter into what you're doing on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Wednesday. There's a Wednesday, Wednesday in there. No, I know no. my days of my week. That was really significant until I missed the day of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, well, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, and then your Sunday. Okay, so today for uh, this first podcast, we invited Rick Fraley to come and talk with us about his Reflections of Christmas concert, which is kind of a long tradition here at Redeemer, and we just wanted to let him share with us kind of how all this came about and it's how Rick got his celebrity status yeah and just you know the the moving parts of it and the inspiration behind it so that's kind of where we are but let's just start with saying Rick we're so glad that you're joining us today thanks it's great to be here and we just want to find out like how did reflections of Christmas get started you know I I've always liked Christmas music and my wife Linda has always loved Christmas music uh, we both are big fans of George Winston, and, and uh, he had a lot of influence on my playing. In fact, a couple of the songs are kind of takeoffs on his arrangements. But <clears throat> I started just playing some Christmas music around the house, and, and I got to give the credit to my wife. You know, she, she said, You ought to do a Christmas concert. I'm like, I don't do concerts. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just not at that level. And she said, She said, People just love to hear. Christmas music yeah and so it was kind of born out of that and when I finally decided to do it I, I wanted to make it different and less concerty if that's a word because I 
didn't want people to have to go to another event where you know you play a song and then people feel obligated to applaud and then you play another song oh, and yeah. people feel obligated to yeah. applaud and I thought what if maybe I could provide just an hour of relaxation and time to reflect and the only way to do that is just to kind of play non-stop so that's kind of how it first developed super song it's like one it's like one giant super song yes well so. when did you start what was the first year you did this I'm not trying to you know, like I, date you or anything i have i have notes going way back to 1996 or 7 oh so man. it's been wow. it's been over 20 years yeah and you do a concert here and at Asbury? Right. I've been playing over at Asbury probably not quite as long over there, but uh, have some connections with the pastor over there. Yeah. We so, always have to fight for the date we want with him. We got to get on your calendar first. <laughs> That's all I know. We're competing with Asbury. Always. Just kidding. So tell us about... That's one of the unique pieces of Reflections of Christmas is that you start and you keep playing for at least an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and there's really no break. How does that come together? That's a lot of organizing and thinking through. And I also need to add, these are your arrangements of these Christmas songs. So how does, how does all that come together? I usually start about in September kind of picking the songs I want to use, and a lot of them are my arrangements. Some of them are takeoffs of other people's arrangements that I've kind of rearranged for myself so I can't take credit for uh, all of them but I'll kind of figure out which songs I want to have that year and then I always pick a theme song and that theme song is uh, is one that I'll weave in and out between the different songs and it, it, it has to be a song where either at the beginning or the end there's like a four bar part or melody that will enable me to play those four bars and then take me to different keys Mm -hmm. not all songs will do that but some songs will so then i'll pick that kind of theme song start off with that and then figure out based on the 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 keys that different songs are in and then figure out where to plug in that theme song as a transition between different songs because you can in theory you can put a song in any key you want yeah. It won't always sound right the way you want it. So you you pick the songs you want and the keys you want you think sound best for those songs and then you just work your magic. Right. And 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 I've I've done the arrangements of the songs some years I'll throw in some new songs, mm-hmm. but I'll get the arrangement down and then I usually don't change the key from that. I'll just yeah. plug plug in the song where it works best. Well, you are kind of a master at getting us from one key to the other. We get to see that on Sunday mornings yeah. all, all the time because I am not considerate of uh, the marriage between one <laughs> one key and the next key we're going to. But that's why we have Rick. She doesn't give you easy transitions. No, no, no. I don't. I don't make life easy. For it me. all works though. It, it keeps my mind fresh. You know. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. <laughs> Keeping everybody fresh. So fresh. Tell us, tell us about what people say to you um, after concerts, because I think it's such a unique experience, and I'll just plant the seed with, for me, I sit out there, and it's the one time during the Christmas season 
like just sit still for a good hour. I mean, I usually close my eyes, and I, it's very much um, it's very much a, a reflective time. You, you listen. You're not. Your the participation is listening, and you kind of enter into the music just by listening and reflecting and thinking and praying. And so, for me, I know I look forward to it every year because I don't have that kind of quiet in my life. But I'm curious what other people have said to you over the years that has stuck out to you as how it's met them or blessed them. Some of the most meaningful comments to me, um, I remember one family came and said that all three of their kids had come to the concert, they were young, and all three of them had fallen asleep and just how wonderful it was that they could have a time for their kids to sleep. And I'm thinking, I have been playing this, practicing this at home, and my kids have never fallen asleep, so I'm glad that that worked for you. Um, I have also occasionally seen other people that have nodded off, and, and to me, that's wonderful. If, if I can give them some rest during this t- time of year, I think that's, that's great. But I remember a lady a few years ago wrote me a card at afterwards and she said that um, her husband had passed away just shortly before Christmas and that he was a piano player and enjoyed music and enjoyed Christmas music and that listening to the piano music just brought her such comfort in that and you know that just made it all worthwhile right there Mm -hmm. you know didn't matter the you know, technique or how complex or simple the arrangements were, you know, that's, that's what this is for, is, is to give people a chance to reflect on memories, to reflect on family, to reflect on family that is no longer here, so. Well, even last year, right? Last year was, was tough, yeah, my mom. I mean, I think we gave you, no one was expecting you to to play your concert yeah. so soon after losing your mom and yeah but you it, it was you know my mom always loved those concerts she um, she never taught me piano but i know i got my musical ability from her but um and she made it to everyone <clears throat> except for the very last year that she wasn't able to able to come and i when she passed away Lynn and i talked about it and she said you know your mom would want you to go ahead and play Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah I know she would and and you know I I had somehow managed to find the time to practice during that period and so I thought you know mom didn't get to hear last year but this year she'll be able to oh yeah (laughs) I didn't I didn't grow up at Redeemer but my husband did and and so when Ryan and I got married, it was sort of just like, you know, you get married and, and you, you, ha- you have your Christmas traditions that you grew up with and your person has their, and then you have to like mash them together and fight about which ones you're going to keep and not. And it was like a non-negotiable. He was like, by the way, we always go to Rick's concert. And I was like, okay, okay. okay. you don't have to be aggressive. <laughs> I, I want to go. And, and so I remember the first time we went, it was like, Oh yeah, he's right. We always go to Rick's concert. Like, they're just—I think anymore, space isn't something that a lot of people have. Margin is not what a lot of people are walking around 
walking around with and and that becomes the new norm and you forget how good it feels and how necessary it is just to be um and a lot of them are at least for me personally a lot of them are songs that i know the words to and so i'm and obviously as a singer like a person who sings like i'm singing in my head anyway but i think i get to think about the words in a different way than um even when i'm i'm singing them um and so i'm i'm so grateful our family is so grateful it is a part of the Christmas culture of our, our home to come be a part of it. We would have marital strife if, uh, <laughs> if not. <laughs> uh, well, and I think that for me, I, I think about, you, you do, you think about the words and I'll sit there and you're, you're engrossed in one song and then you hear the transition to the next song and you get excited because the way you play it, you know, no one's singing, so you're playing the melody. It's coming out in the music, and you. I remember. I'll think every year. Oh yeah, that's that song. That's that Carol. What's next? And, What's yes. Next? And so you're just excited to find out all the different ones that you include in the, in the set list that year. I would love to know, as we are um, moving towards uh, Advent and and Christmas. And this season in our church, we are talking about presence, like that not wrapped up presence, but it's kind of a play on words. We're talking about the presence of God and how he, he makes his presence known in our lives. And he did it uh, in creation. He's been doing it all throughout the human story. And he fully and completely did it in the form of this child he sent to Bethlehem. And so... That's what we would love to help people experience and renew in their own hearts in the coming weeks is what is God's real and, and powerful presence look like in my life? Be able to ask that question and maybe spend Advent looking for that answer. I'm just curious for you, Rick, what, what is God's presence in your own life meant? Uh, maybe a long time ago, recent years, where, whatever the thought that comes to mind. But when we, when we talk about God's presence, what, what does that make you think about? You know, just so many different things that have happened in my life um, that I look back and I see God's presence at the time getting me through something that was really tough. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I certainly haven't gone through things like so many people so many families at redeemer have have gone through but i've gone through some tough things and have been sustained through those by god's presence and then realized that looking back at it like wow um, god was able to use that situation to tee up something even more amazing than i could ever ever imagine um, and I think <clears throat> music has always been a part of that. I mean, I think God, God's a God of many things, but I think he's a God of music. You know, mm. if, if you look at the Old Testament, you know, I mean, he had specific instructions for the praise band back, back then. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, okay, the trumpet's going to play here. The I mean, we got to get gonna, a trumpet. Yeah. We're in, <laughs> and, and in the rules. And so to me, music is, is a chance to, 
to experience God's presence, whether it's listening to it or even participating. Mm. There, there are times sometimes that I'll be playing and I'll get so caught up in the music and all of a sudden I realize I, I need to kind of remember where I am here. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's just, I think it's, it's an experience of God's presence, whether you're playing the music or listening to it. Mm. Definitely. Uh, are you are we allowed to know ahead of time what the? Yeah, I was gonna ask that. What's the what's the song? The rib, I call it the ribbon song. The song that's gonna tie it all together. Do we get to know that? So, you do. You're the first ones beside my wife. <gasps> all right, <laughs> And now all of our friends that are listening um, are gonna know. This is really Linda's concert. Does Linda know that? It is. Okay. It really is. The Linda Fraley um, concert. Linda Fraley Christmas concert played by Rick. Can and, we change that? You know you. <laughs> You say that, but there there is <clears throat> a lot of truth to that for a number of reasons. Um, number one, Linda and I were married the day after Christmas. Oh, <gasps> very cool. I didn't know that. And uh, we, walked, we walked out, instead of the traditional bridal recessional, we mm-hmm. walked out to Joy to the World. Ah, uh, yeah. And That's so, so cool. Every year, I will have an arrangement of Joy to the World in there. And, uh, That's awesome. So, and... and Linda truly, I think, brought music back into my life. I, I, I was not playing for quite a while when mm-hmm. we met. <clears throat> I'd play around at home occasionally, but just not doing very much with it. Well, you said, even at school, that you like didn't tell anybody that you... Played. When I was in college, no, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't tell anyone that I played. <laughs> it was Rick, a secret. Rick's big secret was Be- that well, he was I just, a killer I, musician. I just knew that if, if I did, they'd be like, well, can you play for this? Can you accompany this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, no. I'm done. Yeah. So Linda really encouraged me to get back into music. And so, I mean, I just, you know, every year, some years I've said it and it, every year I've thought it, just kind of dedicating that to her because mm-hmm. she's, she's the one behind that. So, but the theme song this year is I Wonder As I Wander, which is one of my favorite carols. And it's a, it's a real haunting melody. Mm-hmm. A lot of the songs that I do each year are not... Not the big, uh, bombastic Christmas carols, but more the quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a lot of the old English carols because yeah. of beautiful melodies and, and beautiful words, too. But uh, anyhow, so I wonder as I wonder will be the ribbon song. The ribbon song. I may do a you ribbon dance. You coined a <laughs> <laughs> Ribbon dance. That right. would really just set the tone, wouldn't it? That that would be a that would be a new addition this year, like just, first time ever. Just think ribbon about dance. It. I know you've been doing Give this it some for twenty thought. years, but just thinking about it. She is she is. And I've we, heard a great dancer, so it could be a great addition. We could do that. You know, it it would <laughs> not it bother me. Um, I'll run it by Linda. See what Linda thinks. It's funny. I've I've had people say, you know, is it okay to bring kids? I'm like, yes. You know, I for fifteen years I practiced at home with two boys running through the house. Oh man, and. You know, I just learned to play through anything. So, I, kids, kids making noise—it just yeah, doesn't yeah. bother me. This is a family thing. So, cool. um, you know, it's not a. Oh my gosh, you got to be quiet, or you'll get dis- kicked out. Disturb him. Yeah. Yeah. Not that kind of deal. We don't do a whole lot of kicking out around here. Anyway. I know. It's like a joke. we kind of welcome the noise. I know. I, I. Do you have anything else you want to ask him? Well, no. I just kind of want to. Hear him? Hear him play. Well, I just want to say, we have, we've asked Rick if he'll, like, just play a little segment, a little snippet for us today. But I appreciate the fact, knowing you all these years, that 
that you do music for a reason. Like there's, and you even talked about like not doing it for a season, and I'm guessing because you needed a greater purpose in it. And I just love that there's intentionality and um, thought and a lot of your own hope and experience woven into this, to this concert. So we're so grateful, one, that you came and shared with us today and talked with us, but also that you keep giving this gift um, at Christmas. This present. This present. This present of God's presence. There you go. Absolutely. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was clever. Every once in a while. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to let you uh, play a little something for us. All right. And thank you for coming. Thank you for and having me. It's we great will to be here. see you on December 9th at 6:30 p.m. 6:30 for the Reflections of Christmas concert. Excellent. Thank you. 